Good evening, church family. I'm sure glad I'm the first one. You know, when you're preaching in, you know, with other people, you all of a sudden you start listening and you're like, I hope they're not preaching what I'm about to preach. So I, I won't get to, to, to endure that. Open your Bibles to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. And then Matthew chapter 14. James chapter 1 and uh, Matthew chapter 14. A pastor told me not to preach heresy, so I had to write a whole new sermon five minutes ago, so pray for me. Uh, James chapter 1, verse 2. Let's all stand for the reading of God's word, and we'll we'll read verse 2, and then we'll pray together. Let's read it together. One, two, three. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Father, I pray that you'll help us, that you'll instruct us, that you'll challenge us, and that you'll encourage us to to follow you and to obey you lord in the name of jesus amen you may be seated uh, if you if you're like me you look at this verse and you're like oh god how am i supposed to have joy through trials if you're like me you, you probably go like uh let me read that one more time so i'll read it for you my brethren counted all joy when he fall into diverse temptations uh, pastor was, was preaching a few weeks ago, and, and he, he uh, met, referenced James chapter 5. He kind of referenced James chapter 1, and he kept on preaching, and the Holy Spirit kept preaching to me in my heart as I read this. And I just want to share this real quickly with you. Uh, let's go to Ma- Matthew chapter 14. How is it possible, and why, and, how, you know, uh, what is the reason why I can have joy through, through trials? I'm going to share with you this evening three reasons why, why we can have joy through trials. Uh, verse 24 says this in Matthew 14. Uh, but, but the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. I don't like problems. How many of you, raise your hand if you enjoy problems. Uh, okay, I saw some of you. How many of you are allergic to problems? Okay, there we go. So we don't like problems, but God tells us to have joy. How is that possible? Well, through reasons. Number one, through problems, God reveals us who we are. In, 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 verse, uh, in, in verse 24, we, we read that the wind is contrary, and they're, they're having problems. In verse 26, it says, and, and when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it is a spirit. And, and they cried out, ah, for fear. I had to wake, some, wake up some of you. Uh, so they were afraid, and that's who they were. I don't know who you are. I don't know where you're at. But problems reveal who we are. Now, problems not only reveal who we are, uh, number two, problems reveal who God is. So, so we see here in, in verse 27, but straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. So because of the storm, God was able to say, it is I. The great I am who appeared unto Moses in the Old Testament appeared to these men here who, who were experienced in, in the sea. Why, why, were they scared? why were they scared? We don't know, but they were. But through that opportunity, God was able to say, hey, this is who I am. Yeah. And I just, I just find comforting, you know, the fact that, that God did, didn't stop and say, hey, you know what? You've been fishermen for a long time. Don't be afraid. You know, you, you, you've seen plenty of storms. Don't, don't be afraid. He didn't affirm them. He didn't say anything about them. We don't have any record of God reinforcing who they were or their experience or anything that they had. He disappeared and he said, it is I. God is the game changer. God's presence is the game changer. Like, all right. So what's a third reason? Why, why we can have joy through trials. Uh, we, we, we keep reading, and, and it's verse 28, and it says, And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. So Jesus is here walking on water. And, and, and Peter says, hmm, I, I'm not quite sure that it is you. But if, if it is you, God, 
then command that I walk on water. Now, Peter did walk on water. And, and because of his faith in Christ, he became part of the select group of people, of only two people in the whole entire history of the world that have walked on water. How many of you have tried to walk on water? Raise your hand. Okay, how many of you have succeeded? You probably didn't, but Peter did. So problems number three, reveal to us who we can become if we will put our faith in God by the work of the Holy Spirit, if we put our faith in God's word. Amen. So why can I have joy? Because problems are going to reveal who I am, what I have and what I don't have. Problems are going to reveal who God is yeah. and how amazing it is that God is everything good that I am not. And then God will give me an opportunity to become more like Jesus. Let's pray together. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you'll help us to, to see our, our, our problems as, as opportunities to, to be more like you. Thank you for loving us. In the name of Jesus, amen. So grateful to be with you, church. Thank you for being in church on Thursday, our great service. Uh, if you could take your Bible, we'll go to Samuel chapter 16, and we'll start reading in verse uh, 48. We'll read to 50. The Bible, we have the Old Testament. We have the New Testament. Uh, we'll start reading in God's word. The Bible says in verse 48, And it came to pass when the Philistines arose and came and drew nigh to meet David. I'm sorry. And it came to pass when the Philistine arose and came and drew nigh to meet David. And David hasted and ran towards the army to meet the Philistines. And David put his hand in his bag and took thence a stone and slang it and smote the Philistine in, the fo in his forehead that the stone sunk into his forehead and he fell upon his face to the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone and the smote the Philistine and slew him, but there were, uh, but there was no sword in the hand of David. Lord, thank you for today. I pray you'd help us as we learn to face giants in our life. Help us to 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 take your word, Lord, and apply it to our life. As we look at the verse and we look at the story, if you can look at chapter 17, church family, we see that David was a shepherd boy versus Goliath. Goliath stood over nine feet tall and he came for 40 days and David said, is there not a cause? David knew that victory came not from swords or skills, or skills but it came from God. Uh, as we stand today, we see David slaying a Deli uh, 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 Goliath and as Goliath was slain, and we'll read the next verse in 51, it says, Therefore David ran and stood upon the Philistine and took his sword and drew it out of the, of the sheet thereof and slew him and cut off his head therewith. And where, when the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they, flee, they fled. So this was a, a champion of the Philistines. And he was uh, 40 days, he came and he was issuing challenge and, 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 and Goliath stood nearly nine feet and when he was mocking and issuing challenges to the men of God, David accepted the challenge. David said, you know what? You, you know what? I have a bigger God than my problems. I have a bigger God than Goliath. I decided to 
slay that giant, Saul t- decided to, uh, he told Saul, hey, you know what? I, 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 I smote a bear and a lion. Hey, I can slay this giant in the name of the Lord. He says, you know what? He looked at the, the past and he saw the victories that God has given us. And as we go into another year, as we transition over, we, might, we must have to slay a giant. And as this church stands for what's right, we need to continue to slay the giant of fear. We need to continue to slay the giant of the opposition. We're in a spiritual battle today. Amen. King David arose and slew the giant with God's help. There's no problem big enough for God. There's no situation God can't help us with. There's no marriage God can't fix. There's no child God can't bring back to him. There's no problem that surprises God. Today as I stand before you, I want to say you need to slay the giants in your life. The giant of fear. For God had not given us a spirit of fear but of power, love, and of sound mind. Today we look at the stories and it encourages my heart to learn that, you know what, we're not sure what we're going to face in 2022 but remember with God's help we can slay those giants today we can slay the giants on the bus routes we can slay the giants in our ministries we can slay the giants when we go out and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ hey let me tell you something proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ Jesus saves amen amen I'm so thankful for a church that loves people. I'm so thankful for a ministry that goes and reaches people on a bus. You're looking at a product of a Chicago young boy who someone picked up on a bus and brought him to church and taught him the Bible and talked about Jesus and gave me the gospel. Hey, I'm saved by the grace of God because someone decided to go on a bus route and slay a giant. Hey, bus captain, it's not in vain. Hey, hey, division, you can continue to grow in grace. Amen. We slay giants in our life, and I'm so thankful that we have a ministry, so thankful we have a pastor that loves us and prays for us, so thankful we have a Savior that goes through the problems with us. Today, if you're facing a giant, hey, you're not alone. God wants to help you today. If you're a child or an adult, God wants to help you today. Amen. We have the victory in Jesus. Jesus is the reason for all. I stand today to say David was a shepherd boy. He was a warrior. He was a great king. He was a musician. Yes, he had failures, but David was a man after God's own heart. Today, you might have failed or yesterday or the day before, but let me tell you something. I'm done. Continue to slay giants in your life. Don't stop serving God. Be grateful you're in a church that loves and continues to slay giants. God bless. Second Corinthians six, uh, verse two, and I don't so much want you to get the different points I'm preaching. I want to leave an impression of how good we have in the United States as Christians here, and how challenging it is in some places like China. And <clears throat> uh, today is a day that uh, to get saved. And Second Corinthians six two, the last part, it says, "Behold, now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation." Uh, we were in a northeastern Chinese city and uh, all day, and we went to KFC to get some food before we drove an hour back to headquarters. And uh, as I went to the van, I heard someone yell at me, Mr. Pins, Mr. Pins. 
And uh, it was a government official, a Chinese government official I witnessed to in Chicago. And so I went and talked to him and uh, visited with him a little bit. And I asked him if he trusted in Christ yet. And he said, no. I said, why don't, why don't you get saved today? Why don't, why don't you put your, let me explain the gospel to you again, and you can trust in Christ. And he said, uh, no, thank you. If you're here today and you're not saved, a man or a woman, whatever, uh, today would be a good day to get saved. Amen. Uh, if God would get the gospel to every single person uh, on the earth and then come back to you for another opportunity, uh, how long would that be? What it, don't wait any longer. Put your trust in Christ. Amen. After you get saved, we should get baptized. In 2006, uh, when we were going, uh, no, it was 2005, we were going to China, and there's a lady in Chicago that asked if uh, I'd baptize her daughter when I went to China. And I said, well, if she's saved, uh, I'll get baptize her. And she came from a, a city in a central province and uh, on an eight hour train ride uh, came and met us where we were. We met for an hour and I, I baptized her. And then uh, a few years later, my wife and I used Skype to go through all the uh, 20 discipleship booklets with her. <clears throat> the Bible is important. We ought to get in the Bible, read the Bible. Uh, there was a young girl, I got to lead her and her dad. Uh, to Christ, and then later she went off to a university in western China, and one day she felt an earthquake, and she went to leave the building uh, quickly. She went out the hallway, then she went back into her room and grabbed her Bible and left. How important is your Bible to you? <coughs> uh, we were in a seaport city, uh, about halfway up the coast, a place where I think C.T. Studd and Hudson Taylor ministered many, many years ago. And we met some house church members. It was just my wife and I. And we stayed overnight. And so the next day, they said they would rent a conference room, hotel conference room, for three hours. And it was in the middle of the week. There was 15, 20 people there. And after I talked about the Bible for about an hour and 45 minutes, I asked if they wanted to take a restroom break. And they said, no, let's just keep on going. What's your appetite level for the Word of God? Amen. <clears throat> uh, church attendance is important. Um, we, we ought to, uh, Hebrews 10.25 says, not forsaking assembling ourselves together as a manner of some is, but exhorting one another so much the more as you see the day approaching. There was a lady in a, uh, that got saved later in life, and she worked for the security bureau in the city where she lived. And then she started going to a house church, and she got an ultimatum to either stop going to the house church or lose her job. Uh, she ended up deciding to stop working for the security bureau. <clears throat> we were in a, in a seaport city, my wife and I, on a Monday morning, and we had an internet connection. We were watching the First Baptist Church Sunday night service live, and about halfway through the service, we got a knock on the door. And I looked through the peephole, and there were four 
uniformed policemen outside. And we answered the door, and they said they were doing a, a routine check on the people that were, were in the rooms. But I rather think it was more an intimidation maneuver. <clears throat> we ought to go soul winning. There was a young man I taught for a few days, and we, I talked about uh, John 15, 11, These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, that your joy might be full. And then before that, it talks about bringing forth fruit, and more fruit, and much fruit. There's joy and soul winning. Uh, this young man, I'm going to use Francis as a pseudonym. I don't want to use anybody's exact names here. Uh, we uh, went to a city. He translated for us. And then we went to uh, eat lunch, and there were some young, a couple waitresses. It was about 2 o'clock, I think, and, and uh, their busy time was over, and they were standing around talking. And Francis asked the group leader uh, if it would be okay to witness to them, and he said, yes, go ahead. And about 20 minutes later, we are headed back to the van, and uh, <clears throat> Francis came bounding down the sidewalk uh, behind me. He, he said, Mr. Pins, Mr. Pins, I got the joy, I got the joy. <laughs> when was the last time you got the joy? of leading someone to Christ, of getting out the gospel. Then in uh, 2005, we went to China, and we were in a hotel room, a suite, and there were 25 of us. I want to read a verse here, Psalm 149, verse 1. Praise ye the Lord, sing unto the Lord a new song, and his praise in the congregation of the saints. So it talks about singing in the congregation, Brother Calaf said, okay, we're going to have a midweek service here in this hotel, but we're not going to sing. I don't want anybody to say amen. If you like something I've said, you can wave your hand or wave a handkerchief. Can you imagine going to church here without singing? Can you imagine having no opening songs, no choir special, uh, no group specials, no invitation song? Um, we ought to appreciate the singing that we can do. And we, we ought to sing with maximum participation and with some enthusiasm uh, for people that can't sing that live in restricted countries. Amen. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Pastor. I want to praise and thank the Lord that he has renewed, revived, reactivate, restored, reignited my faith over the last two and a half and three years. Absolutely changed my life. Amen. Belinda's life has given us new vision, new purpose, and has allowed us to see over 300 people hear the gospel individually over the last Amen. few years. So praise Jesus for that. Isaiah chapter 50, verse 10 and 11. Isaiah 50, chapter 10 and 11. I'm sorry, verse 10 and 11. 50, verse 10 and 11. Who is among you that feareth the Lord, that obeyeth the voice of his servant, that walketh in darkness and hath no light? Let him trust in the name of the Lord and stay upon his God. Behold, all ye that kindle a fire, that compass yourselves about with sparks, walk in the light of your fire and in the sparks that ye have kindled. 2021, many of us have lit some fires. Many of us have made some great decisions, and the Lord has done some great things 
in this church and in my life personally and in our lives and has brought us through very challenging times. And my message for myself and the church family this evening is very simple. In 2022, let's not stray from God, but let's stay with God. Let's make sure that we stay with God in these six things. Number one, our faith. Let's stay faithful to the Lord. If we stay with God every day, we will stay with God all the way. Let's stay faithful to the Lord. Let's stay faithful to our Bible reading, our prayer, our soul winning, our church attendance, our giving, and all the things we know we're supposed to do. Let's keep doing that in 2022. Let's stay with God in our future plans. Let's allow the Lord to guide us, direct us, lead us. Let's make sure that each and every day we start our day with the Lord and make sure that he guides all of our decisions in 2022. Let's stay with God in our family relationships. Let's make sure that we continue to be that example, that shining light. Let's keep working those, uh, working those, those relationships. Let's keep building, shining our light. Let's keep inviting them to church. Let's keep witnessing. Let's keep giving them the gospel. Just these last uh, few weeks, my wife and I, the Lord blessed us and helped us, and we were able to bring 15 visitors over the three-week period for our Christmas program. And we've been inviting people to church now for the last three years. They didn't come. They came this year. Let's keep at it. Let's stay with God and he will bring results. Let's stay with God in our friendships. If they make you stray, stay away. Let's stay with God in our friendships. Let's make sure that we associate carefully. That's one of pastor's favorite favorite terms that I learned in the Bible Institute this semester. Associate carefully. And uh, let's make sure that in 2022, we'd stay with God and our friends. So we've got stay with God in our faith. Stay with God in our future. Stay with God in our family. Stay with God in our friendships. Let's stay with God in our finances. I heard pastor say how much we were able to give to missions in 2021. That's amazing. And, uh, you know, my wife and I are going to start deciding. And soon here, what we're going to do for 2022 is the Lord directs. But I have no plans of slowing down. Let's stay with God in our giving. Let's stay with God. Let's stay faithful to him with our finances. Let's not get stingy with the Lord in this new year. Let's keep on going. He's doing great work. Let's keep it up for the Lord. And last but not least, and this is an area that I'm still growing and learning, let's stay with God in our fun, in, in our entertainment. You know, we live in a society where we have to just be entertained every single day. Uh, there's more channels you can download and then than Bible than books you can read in the Bible. I mean, there is who, who can, who has the time for these things, right? Let's stay with God in our fun. Amen. Let's make sure that we're making righteous decisions about how we're going to entertain ourselves. Life's not a big party, but when it's time to be on vacation, when it's time to relax, let's be wise and careful, not just who we're around, but what we do when we're with them. Stay with God in our faith, our future, our family, our friends, our finances, and our fun. Happy New Year, everybody. Hello, church family. If you have your Bibles tonight, let me see them. Let me see your Bibles. Everybody raise them up. Raise them up high. Don't be ashamed. All right. Praise the Lord. People brought their Bibles to church. Amen. All right. First uh, Timothy chapter four. We're going to look at first Timothy chapter four. 
Before we dig in, let me pray. Dear Jesus, tonight, Lord, I pray that as we open your word, Lord, that you'd speak through me. Lord, this vessel's not yours, Lord, or it's not mine, Lord, it's yours. Lord, I pray that you'd help me. I pray that you'd use me. Help me to help somebody today. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right, 1 Timothy chapter 4, you guys there? I still, still hear some uh, pages turning. Let's get there. You guys ready? All right. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meats which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is good, nothing to be refused if it be received with thanksgiving. Let's read this verse number five together. For it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine, whereunto thou hast attained. But refuse profane and old wives' fables, and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. For bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable unto all things. Having promise of the life that now is, and of that which is to come, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation. For therefore we both labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God who is the Savior of all men, especially of those that believe. These things command and teach. Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example to the, of, of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy, with the laying on the hands of the presbytery. Meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to them, that thy profiting may appear to all. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. I'm going to go back to verse number five. What I first want to say, actually verse number six, it says, If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, let's look at the things that it's talking about here. It says in verse number five, For it is sanctified by the word of God and by prayer. Amen. Church, how are we sanctified? As Christians, we're sanctified by the word of God Amen. and by prayer. Romans 7, verse number 18. The Bible says, For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. Amen. And I'm going to tell you guys, our flesh, there's nothing good in it. Yeah. Except for Jesus. Our flesh dwelleth no good thing. That's why the scriptures is so important. That's why the Bible says in verse number 5 of 1 Timothy chapter 4, for we are sanctified by the word of God and by prayer. 
Jesus wants every one of us to be sanctified as Christians, as believers, to live a separated, holy life for him. Why? Not for our glory, but for his. So Jesus can get the glory in our life. And if we don't, if we don't walk with the Lord, people don't see Jesus in us. Because the thing is, Jesus is not here in body. He's here in spirit. So he has to use our body. He has to use our, our head. He has to use our eyes. He has to use our ears. He has to use our hands. Jesus isn't here. We're here. So we need to be Jesus on this earth for other people. And how do we do that? We become sanctified by the word of God and by prayer. Amen. And look at, let's look at verse number... Let's see here. And what happens if we read the Bible and we pray? Look at verse number six. If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ. And look at these next two words. It says, nourished up. So when we read the scriptures, what's happening? We're getting that nourishment. And when we get that nourishment, when Jesus feeds us, we want to talk to him in prayer. So through the word of God and prayer, God can speak to us. God wants to use us. But we need to use his word, and we need to, to communicate with him. Amen. All right, church family, if you turn to Proverbs chapter 27 real quick, and while you're turning there, let me just say this. It really encourages me to see so many of you here tonight. Uh, this is my church home. Uh, I was born just a few blocks from here 38 years ago, and there are so many of you that have had a part of my life, and I just want to say thank you. In fact, I still get reminded that certain people changed my diaper when I was a kid, and I love that. Thank you so much for reminding me about that, and I still see some of those people frequently. But to all of you that are here tonight, Pastor loves to use the statement, I love hearing it, your presence and your participation encourage us, encourages us, and that encourages my family. My wife and I look forward to seeing so many of you each Sunday and each service. Wednesday nights, and thank you so much for being here and, and bringing your presence and your participation. So we're in uh, Proverbs chapter 27, and I'm going to read one of my favorite verses. I think a lot of people would uh, agree with me that this is a favorite verse of theirs. Verse 17, the Bible says, Iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. And, um, boy, I can't think of a uh, few thoughts better than the thought of trying to help somebody be better. And... Uh, I've got a knife with here, here with me tonight. This is just a simple pocket knife. It's got a Cabela's label on it. But uh, at home, I've got a uh, hunting knife, a Gerber hunting knife that I use. And uh, it's the knife that doesn't get used for anything else except for dead animals and for uh, gutting something. And uh, that knife is kept sharp. And uh, several of us own chainsaws. And you, if you know anything about chainsaws, boy, as soon as you're cutting something, you want to only cut through the wood and not go any further. And the things that will dole up a blade, whether it's a knife or a chain, faster than anything else, is dirt. And uh, boy, how quickly, if you fell a tree on the ground and you're cutting up the wood into bite-sized pieces that can be used for firewood or something else, when you're cutting, you cut, through the, you cut through the tree and then you pull back right away as soon as you get through so you don't hit the dirt and dole up the blade. There's nothing, uh, there are a few things as frustrating as trying to sharpen a chain from a chainsaw. And those of you that have done it before, you know it's not a lot of fun. You want to keep it sharp. And here in this passage in Proverbs, we're encouraged to sharpen the countenance of our friends. 
And in the next chapter, in Proverbs chapter 28, there's a very famous verse that we all know that we're encouraged to show ourselves friendly to those around us. And I'm reminded when I think about that verse, a man that hath friends must show himself friendly. We need to go out of our way to be friends to those around us. And that's not always somebody that's friendly to us, but somebody that needs our friendship and needs that sharpening that we can bring. I think of uh, a good illustration that comes to mind is the thought of being on a team, whether it's a sports team or a work team or a team at school studying something. When you're a part of a team, uh, boy, you, you, you remember in grade school, you know, teams were being picked. There were two captains, and boy, it was the worst thing to be the kid that was picked last, or it was the worst thing to be on the team where the kid was picked last was going to be assigned to your team. And the team had to carry that player. But man, how awesome it is in life to be on a team that has a skilled player or has several skilled players that can help to carry the team. And boy, when you have a skilled player like that, they really bring a lot to the team. They make everybody on the team better. And the, uh, the team is enhanced by that player's spirit. They encourage, they exhort, they teach, they uplift. And uh, a skilled player is something that's invaluable to a good team. Uh, and conversely, somebody who's uh, the dull player on the team brings the team down. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 4.1, Furthermore, then we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus, that as ye have received of us how ye ought to walk and to please God, so ye would abound more and more. I love the word exhort, and it's, uh, it's a thought that I'm reminded about that the Lord gives us gifts, and that's one of those that I believe that the Lord has given to me, and I love the thought of trying to exhort all of those around us. The Holy Spirit, as I think about this verse, I'm reminded that the Holy Spirit helps us to sharpen other people and in every situation. And we, it ought to be a goal of our life to be aggressive and to be proactive and very active about being put in a situation where we, where we can help other people. I was thinking, Josh, as you were speaking, uh, boy, I'm challenged about when I face a problem, I think, oh, man, I don't want to, you know, I see something coming and I think, oh, I don't want to deal with that. And, uh, but it's the Lord's working in us that helps us make those situations better. And in life, are you going to be one that is a steel sharpener, sharpening others, or will you be dirt? Thank you.